0: Describe the pathological features of the liver and alcoholic liver disease. So, number one, hepatic steatosis. So you get fatty change and perivenular fibrosis. Two, hepatitis, liver cell necrosis, inflammation, Mallory bodies, fatty change and fibrosis. Three, cirrhosis, extensive fibrosis and hyperplastic nodules. And four, hepatocellular carcinoma. So one, hepatic steatosis, which is fatty change with perivenular fibrosis. Two is hepatitis with liver cell necrosis, inflammation, Mallory bodies, fatty change and fibrosis. Three is cirrhosis, extensive fibrosis and formation of hyperplastic nodules. And four is hepatocellular carcinoma. So steatosis, fatty change and perivenular fibrosis, and hepatitis, liver cell necrosis, inflammation, Mallory bodies, fatty change, fibrosis are both reversible and cirrhosis is irreversible. What are the possible sequelae of cirrhosis? Portal hypertension, GIT bleeding, hepatic failure, encephalopathy, coagulopathy, hepatocellular carcinoma, hepatarenal syndrome, hepatopulmonary syndrome, infection. So, portal hypertension, GI bleed, hepatic failure, coagulopathy, hepatocellular carcinoma, hepato-renal syndrome, hepatopulmonary syndrome, encephalopathy, and infection. All the same again all this again what are the pathological features of alcoholic liver disease chronic mal- maladaptive state in which cells of the liver respond to an increasingly and in an increasingly pathologic mal- manner to alcohol resulting in hepatic steatosis hepatitis then progressive fibrosis to cirrhosis and finally you can have a hepatocellular carcinoma Um, At the cirrhosis stage, you get marked derangement of vascular perfusion with secondary portal hypertension. What changes occur at the cellular level in alcoholic hepatitis? So you get hepatocyte swelling and necrosis, which can be single or scattered foci, and the swelling is due to accumulation of fat, water, and protein. So hepatitis, swelling and necrosis, single or scattered foci, swelling due to accumulation of fat, water and protein. You have the formation of Mallory bodies, which are eosinophilic cytoplasmic inclusions in degenerating hepatocytes. So basically, a dying liver cell and it's got loads of eosinophils in it. Um, it's characteristic but not specific. Uh, you get a neutrophilic reaction, classic. So you accumulate. Uh, neutrophils around the dying hepatocytes that have the clumps of eosinophils inside them, and the hepatocytes are swollen and necrotic, and you get fibrosis. Prominent activation of sinusoidal stellate cells and portal tract fibroblasts. So hepatocytes swelling and necrosis, Mallory bodies, neutrophilic reaction, and fibrosis with activation of sinusoidal stellate cells and portal tract fibroblasts. So in end-stage alcoholic liver disease, what are the potential causes of death? So there's hepatic failure and coma, massive GI bleed, um, an intercurrent infection, so these patients are predisposed, hepatorenal syndrome or hepatocellular carcinoma. Describe the pathogenesis of acute calculus cholecystitis. So, you get chemical irritation of the obstructed gallbladder, and then mucosal phospholipases hydrolyze luminal lechithins or lechithins to toxic lysolechithins. The protective glycoprotein mucous layer is disrupted, then bile salts have a detergent action on the exposed mucosal epithelium, prostaglandins contribute, they join in, cause more inflammation, the gallbladder develops dysmotility, and then there's distension and increased intraluminal pressure. And that decreases the mucosal blood flow. So mucosal phospholipases, hydrolyze luminal lechthins to toxic lysolechithins. Protective glycoprotein layer is disrupted. Bile salts have a detergent action on the exposed mucosal epithelium. Prostaglandins contribute to the inflammation. Gallbladder dysmotility develops. Um, and there's distension and increased intraluminal pressure. Decreasing the mucosal blood flow. Um, And then you get bacterial infection um, via cholangitis or sepsis. So perforation and localized abscess, rupture and peritonitis. Oh, what are the complications of cholecystitis? Bacterial infection, cholangitis, sepsis. Um, Perforation and localized abscess, rupture, peritonitis, biliary fistula, porcelain gallbladder. Perforation and localized abscess, rupture and peritonitis, biliary fistula or a porcelain gallbladder. How does a calculus cholecystitis differ from acute calculus cholecystitis? So it's rarer, only about 10%, and it's usually in predisposed individuals, and it's sower and often masked. You get ischemia, or it can be due to ischemia of end cystic arteries, but other things that contribute is sludge, stasis, local inflammation, distension. Um, can be caused by sepsis with hypotension immunosuppression, major trauma, burns, diabetes, infections, severe atherosclerosis, um, and you usually have right upper quadrant, oh, what are the features of acute cholecystitis, right upper quadrant pain, fever, anorexia, tachycardia, sweating, nausea, vomiting, Murphy's positive, (coughs) um, what conditions are associated with acute coli, A calculus coli um, So that is post major surgery, severe trauma, severe burns, um, multi organ failure, sepsis, prolonged IV hyperalimentation. Oh my god, postpartum. So, a calculus is more insidious, um, and you might not have any gallbladder symptoms. And usually, they have other illnesses, and there's a high risk of complications, e.g., perforation or gangrenous gallbladder. What are the complications of acute and chronic cholecystitis? Bacterial infection. You can get cholangitis or sepsis. Gallbladder perforation and abscess formation. Gallbladder rupture and peritonitis. biliary enteric fistula. Aggravation of pre-existing condition. I don't actually know what that means, but that's fine. What are the risk factors for the development of cholesterol stones? Combined oral contraceptive. Fat. Fertile. Pregnant. Because that um, stimulates... HMG-CoA reductase which enhances cholesterol uptake and synthesis obesity, rapid weight loss acquired disorders like gallbladder stasis which can be neurogenic or hormonal, hereditary staph um, like a problem with the encoding for hepatic hepatocyte proteins that transport biliary lipids um, or ABC transporters, um, environmental factors like pregnancy and it's Often 25% in those over 80 and affects women more than men. So age and gender are the top two. And got there eventually. Describe the pathogenesis of cholesterol ester formation, or cholesterol stone formation. So you have to have bile supersaturated with cholesterol, hypomotility of the gallbladder, cholesterol crystal nucleation, um... And hypersecretion of mucus in the gallbladder traps the crystals, and they aggregate into stones. So basically, bile supersaturated with cholesterol, cholesterol crystal nucleation, and then aggregation, nucleation, then aggregation into stones. Um, what types of liver disease may re- result from chronic excessive alcohol consumption? um, hepatocellular steatosis, alcoholic hepatitis, cirrhosis, or hepatocellular carcinoma. What are the morphological features of cirrhosis? So it occurs diffusely throughout the liver, yet, oh so cirrhosis, this is the NAF, so diffuse, DNAF, diffuse, Parenchymal nodules, which is regenerating hepatocytes, surrounded by dense bands of fibrous scar with a disorganized architecture and variable degrees of portosystemic shunting, elements of progression and regression. What are the possible sequelae, portal hypertension, GI bleeding, hepatic failure, coagulopathy, hepatocellular cancer, hepatorenal syndrome, hepato-pulmonary syndrome, encephalopathy, and infection? What are the causes of cirrhosis? So, alcoholic liver disease accounts for 60 to 70 percent. Viral hepatitis accounts just for 10 percent. Biliary diseases, 5 to 10 percent. Hemochromatosis, Wilson's disease, alpha 1 antitrypsin deficiency, idiopathic, drug induced, e.g., amethyldopa, cardiac disease, galactosemia, tyrannosis. Alcoholic liver disease viral hepatitis, biliary diseases, primary hemochromatosis, Wilson disease, alpha one antitrypsin, idiopathic, drug induced, e.g. amethyldopa, cardiac disease, galactosemia, tyrannosis. Outline the pathogenesis of cirrhosis, so a quick recap. Um it's diffuse, parenchymal nodules, disrupted architecture, Fibrosis um, and porosystemic shunting. So it results in new vascular channels shunt blood around the parenchyma, sinusoidal fenestrations are lost, hepatocyte secretion of proteins is impaired, biliary channels are obliterated. You can also mention Fibrosis and parenchymal injury are diffuse, nodularity is part of the diagnosis, vascular architecture is reorganised leading to a functional bypass of the hepatocytes. Fibrosis is the key feature of the progressive liver damage and reversal is very rare. Progressive fibrosis and reorganisation of the vascular microarchitecture of the liver leads to a fibrotic nodular liver where delivery of blood to the hepatocytes is severely compromised as is their ability to, to secrete substances into the plasma. Type 1 and 3 collagen are laid down in the lobules by perisinusoidal stelate cells, usually fat storage cells. They're activated by the cytokines from the Kupffer cells and other inflammatory cells. This leads to a robust mitotic activity, a shift in the phenotype to myofibroblast, and increased capacity for the synthesis of extracellular matrix. Um... Activation occurs mainly around the areas of necrosis and inflammation. Myofibers increase vascular resistance to the parenchyma. The remaining hepatocytes proliferate as nodules within the fibrous scepter. So you can see it's all about fibrosis, fibroblasts, scarring, pressure, necrosis, um, inflammation, nodule formation. I'm not sure about the necrosis actually. <clears throat> what is the causative agent of hep a so hep A is a small unenveloped single stranded rna p cornavirus and it's isohedral capsid icosahedral capsid, so small unenveloped single stranded RNA p cornavirus with an icosahedral capsid it 's transmitted by the fecal oral route. Self-limit. What's the difference between Hep A and Hep C? So, Hep A is self-limiting. There's no chronic or carrier states. It very rarely progresses to fulminant um, hepatitis, less than zero point one percent. There's no association with hepatocellular cancer, and there's a very low fatality rate. (sighs) How is Hep A diagnosed? So, acutely you'll have IgM anti-HIV, and then later you'll get. IgG and THAV. Um, describe the clinical course. So, usually there's an incubation of two to six weeks. Um, yep, and there's no carrier state or chronic, can't cause cancer and really causes fulminant hepatitis. How does serological markers change with time in HEPA infection? So IgM anti hiv appears at the onset of the symptoms. Then you have faecal shedding of the virus ends at sort of 12 weeks. Um, the IgM antibody takes mu- like, persists for months and then it's replaced by IgG over the period of years. Describe the features of the illness caused by HEPA. So it's faecal oral, so you can get it from consumption of Steamed fish that have lived in contaminated waters. Um, incubation of two to six weeks. In childhood, the symptoms are often mild. You might even be asymptomatic. In adult, you get sort of flu-like illness with fever, nausea, lethargy, vomiting, and or dehydration. Um, it's... Really progresses to fulminant hepatitis. The acute disease is more severe if it's superimposed on chronic hepatitis, i.e., B, C, or alcoholic, and doesn't cause chronic hepatitis, and there's no carrier state. So, IgM anti HIV begins to appear in the blood as fecal HIV peaks and rises over two to twelve weeks. Um, Anti-IGG anti-HIV begins to appear shortly after IgM and continues to rise more slowly over months and remains elevated for many years. How does the community prevalence of HEPA differ between developed and developing nations? So in developed nation, fifty percent of those at fifty years have serological evidence of exposure. And in developing countries, that's almost a hundred percent have serological evidence by the late teens. Um so he B H B S A G indicates current infection anti-hbc total positive means that you've been exposed to hbv igm anti-hbc negative means that this exposure is not acute or recent anti-hbs negative means no current immunity and so the diagnosis is chronic hep b how may HEP-B lead to upper GI bleeding? So cirrhosis and portal hypertension with development of varices and secondarily um, lowered threshold for bleeding due to coagulopathy, uh, due to liver dysfunction and decreased synthetic function. What are the other complications of HEP-B induced cirrhosis? So jaundice, hepatorenal syndrome, hep hepatic encephalopathy, ascites, pleural effusion, splenomegaly, hypogonadism, hepatocellular carcinoma. jaundice, hepatorenal, hepatic encephalopathy, ascites, pleural effusion, splenomegaly, hypogonadism, hepatocellular CA. In general, how can a patient get hep B? So it can be congenital or vertical. Contaminated blood products, IVDU, transfusions, needle sticks, sex... What are the possible outcomes of hep B exposure? It can be asymptomatic, acute hepatitis, non-progressive chronic hepatitis um, or a carrier state. Hmm, what about hepatocellular carcinoma? So asymptomatic acute hepatitis, non-progressive chronic hepatitis, carrier state. Um, oh, there's another one. What are the Potential outcomes following acute hep B infection: so over 90% recover. There's fulminant hepatitis in less than 0.5%. Chronic hepatitis in less than 5%, but 20% of those will go on to have cirrhosis and or hepatocellular carcinoma. Or they can have a healthy carrier state, um, or non-progressive chronic hepatitis less than 2%. What are the markers of acute infection with hep B? So H-B-S-A-G, Ig anti-HBC IgM, HBE antigen, HBV DNA, and anti-HBE, but not anti-HBS, because that means that you've cleared it. Oh, you can also get Hep B from a conjunctival splash of an infected body fluid, um, and sometimes like a third of cases, there's an unknown Point of the transmission so what's the disease progression following hep B subclinical disease with 100% recovery acute hepatitis with recovery and only less than 1% going on to fulminant hepatitis you can have a healthy carrier state or a persistent infection most of whom will recover but then some will go on to have chronic hepatitis or hepatocellular C.A cirrhosis what is a characteristic finding serologically associated with the carrier state of hep B so the presence of HBSAG in the serum for greater six months chronic hep B viral replication has persistent HBSAG as well as HBEAG and DNA, usually with anti-HBC and occasionally anti-HBS. What type of virus causes Hep C? It's the flaviviridae family of the RNA virus. Flaviviridae family of the RNA virus. Flaviviridae family of the RNA virus. What are the risk factors for acquiring Hep C? IV drug use, multiple sex partners, recent surgery, needle stick, um, healthcare worker, Unknown children uh, but it's much less vertical transmission um, and much less sex transmission than Hep b um, what's the natural course so incubates over 6 to 12 weeks um, you can normally see the HCV RNA within 1 to 3 weeks anti-HCV antibody in 50 to 70% of people while are still symptomatic it's usually a mild acute disease but 80 to 85 percent will go on to have chronic hepatitis, and 20 to 30 percent of those will get cirrhosis and/or hepatocellular. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, but fulminant hepatitis is rare. Um. So incubation period of sort of six to twelve weeks, and acute infection is usually mild or asymptomatic, persistent, and chronic hepatitis. With exacerbation in 80%, cirrhosis in 20 to 30%, fulminant hepatic failure is rare, IV, drug use, multiple sexual partners, needle sticks, healthcare workers, blood transfusion vertical or unknown. So, what features of hep C make it difficult to develop a vaccine? So, the fact that it's got a highly stable core and then a very variable envelope, the E protein. Um, and also the RNA polymerase is inherently unstable so it's always mutating and there's multiple quasi-species found in any one person Um, there's genomic and antigenic variability and it actively inhibits the interferon-mediated cellular response so highly stable core, extremely variable envelope, RNA polymerase inherently unstable, frequent mutations um, genomic and antigenic variability and actively inhibits interferon-mediated cellular response at many levels. What are the routes of transmission of Hep C? So blood through IV drug use, blood products, dialysis, healthcare workers, sexual transmission and vertical transmission low. So the acute infection is generally Asymptomatic or sort of low grade um, and fulminant hepatitis is rare, but chronic um, hep C occurs in 80% of people, of which 20% develop cirrhosis or, and then hep- a cellular carcinoma, and only 15 to 20% after hep C infection completely resolve. So what's the serology change in case of resolution? So you get the incubation period for 2 to 26 weeks. HCV RNA is detectable for 1 to 3 weeks, coinciding with the transaminitis. And then you get anti-HIV, anti-HCV antibodies emerging. Um, and IgG will persist. Describe how Hep D virus infects a human. So it has to be in conjunction with Hep B. You can either have acute infection, superinfection, or helper-independent latent infection. Acute infection, you can't really tell it apart from Hep B, so you get exposure to Hep B and C, or B and D. Hep B must establish um, to provide the HBS antigen, which forms... Um, a layer around the HDV Viridians, viridons, um, super infections, you can have chronic HPV and then later you get inoculated with HDV, and disease develops 30 or 40 days later. Um, how does super infection with HDV manifest? So you can have severe acute hepatitis in someone who's previously been recognised as an HPV carrier, you can have exacerbation of a chronic hepatitis and 80 to 90 percent of those with super infection will have pre- chronic, chronic progressive disease and cirrhosis. How is hep D diagnosed? So you'll get IgM anti-HDV which is reliable but it's short-lived and it comes up quite late. Um, so With HBV and HDV co-infection, you'll get IgM against both HD antigens and HBC antigens. And initially in the acute phase, HDV replication will be high and HBV replication will be low. And then they'll swap over in the chronic phase and HDV replication will drop and HPV replication will increase and initially the ALT levels will be high and then later they'll be unpredictable and then you'll progress to cirrhosis and hepatocellular carcinoma. The HDV RNA is detectable in blood and liver just prior to and in the early days of acute symptomatic disease Um, and in chronic Delta Hepatitis hbs antigen is present and igm and igg anti-hdv antibodies can persist for months <sighs> so hdv rna detectable in blood and liver just prior to in the early days of acute symptomatic disease um and in chronic delta hepatitis you get hbs antigen and igm and igg anti-hdv describe the hep D virus so it's unique Um, its replication is defective and it needs to be encapsulated by HBS antigen in order to um, be able to infect someone and so it's a double shelled particle with a HBS antigen outer coat and an internal HD antigen polypeptide with a single circular strand of RNA. So it's double shell particle with a HBS antigen outer coat and an internal HD antigen polypeptide with an associated single strand of circular RNA. So how does HD cause hepatitis? So one, it needs to have hepatitis B Surface antigen, you have to have co-infection with HPV or superinfection with a HPV carrier. So it can be mild to fulminant. More risk than Hep B alone, can present as an acute severe hepatitis or make mild existing Hep B severe, can become chronic progressive. Um, HDRNA is found when symptoms start. IgM anti-HDV is the most reliable but it occurs late and is short-lived. outline the clinical syndromes which may develop following exposure to hepatitis in someone who's not immune to that virus. So you can get acute asymptomatic infection with recovery and it's just an incidental finding on serologic testing. Um, You can get acute symptomatic infection with recovery. So that can happen with any virus, but it's less common with hep C. Um, And then if it is symptomatic, there's four phases. There's incubation, symptomatic, pre symptomatic, icteric, and resolution. The symptomatic phase, you have constitutional flu-like symptoms. You can have right upper quadrant pain, nausea, weight loss, um, fevers, milders. The icteric phase, um, you have right upper quadrant pain, a congested liver, hepatomegaly, um, jaundice, and It occurs in a lot of the HEP A cases, about 50% of the HEP B cases, um, but it's pretty rare in HEP C. And the recovery phase takes weeks to months and it's owing to a T cell response. Two, chronic hepatitis. So, symptomatic biochemical or serological continuing or relapsing disease for six months or more. Um, And depending on which virus it is, depends on how likely it is to progress to cirrhosis. Um, and you can have carrier states instead, after, particularly after vertical childhood hep B, um, which have a variable course, but can result in hepatocellular failure, cirrhosis, and hepatoma. Fulminant hepatitis usually develops over two to three weeks, and you have a hepatic encephalopathy. Uh, usually it'd be hep A or hep B causing it, but occasionally hep C. Um, There's no stigmata of chronic liver disease, but you get a coagulopathy, cardiovascular and renal failure, um, ARDS and biochemical disease. People often die or need a transplant. Um, Describe the morphology of acute hepatitis. So you get acute enlarged red liver, ballooning degeneration, cholestasis and plugs. Isolated cells or clusters, necrosis, cytolysis, apoptosis, bridging necrosis, architectural disarray. So one, acute enlarged red liver, ballooning degeneration, cholestasis and plugs, isolated cells or clusters, necrosing, cytolysis, apoptosis, bridging necrosis, architectural disarray. And then later you get regeneration, hepatocyte proliferation, nodule formation, sinusoidal, oh, maybe not the nodules, um, sinusoidal cell reactive changes and um, debris and kupffer cells influx of monocytes and portal tract inflammation so regeneration hepatocyte proliferation sinusoidal reactive changes portal tract inflammation there we go so the parenchymal nodules are actually part of Uh, cirrhosis rather than the acute hepatitis what are the causes of jaundice so um, the unconjugated causes is like hemolysis resorption of hemorrhage or thalassemia or an issue with hepatic uptake of bilirubin like in Gilbert's syndrome um, or interference of other membrane carrier systems and then you can have impaired conjugation like physiological jaundice of the newborn breast milk jaundice krigler najjar syndrome, Gilbert syndrome, hepatitis, um, which could be viral drugs. So unconjugated, you have increased billy production through hemolysis or resorption of hemorrhage or abnormal um, hemoglobin, which is more hemolyzed, so thalassemias, decreased hepatic uptake due to defective membrane transport sy- systems like Gilbert's, or you can have impaired conjugation, processes like um, physiological jaundice of the newborn, breast milk jaundice, Krigler-Nagier syndrome, Gilbert syndrome or hepatitis. And for the conjugated aspects you can have impaired bile flow due to a biliary structure, malignancy or choledocholithiasis or a cholangiopathy or a deficiency of the canalicular membrane transporters, so impaired bile flow due to cholangiopathy, biliary structure malignancy, or choledocular or a deficiency of canalicular membrane transporters. Apart from jaundice, what are the clinical features of liver failure? Encephalopathy, spider nevae, Actoris, paritis, feta hepaticus, palmar Erythema. spider angiomata, hypogonadism, gynecomastia, encephalopathy, coagulopathy, hepatarenal, hepatopulmonary, portal hypertension, which includes varices, ascites, and Caput Medusa. <sighs> Actoris, paritis, feta hepaticus, palmar Erythema, spider angiomata, hypogonadism, gynecomastia, encephalopathy, coagulopathy, hepatarenal syndrome, hepatopulmonary syndrome, portal hypertension. Which includes varices, ascites, caput, modusae. Outline the normal metabolism and elimination of bilirubin. So you have bilirubin production from heme. Um, binds to serum albumin delivered to the liver hepatocellular uptake glucuronidation bilirubin glucuronides excreted into the bile via active transport gut deconjugation into colourless urobilinogens which are mainly excreted in the faeces a small amount is resorbed into the ileum and colon and returned to the liver and then a small amount is excreted in the urine and again disorders that affect the production of metabolism. Billy Ribbon, so unconjugated, increased production through hemolysis, hemorrhage, ineffective erythropoiesis, or decreased hepatic uptake, e.g., Gilbert syndrome, impaired conjugation due to um, breast milk, jaundice, jaundice of the newborn, um, Kriegler, Nagea syndrome, Gilbert syndrome, or hepatitis. And in the conjugated ones, you have impaired bile flow due to malignancy, cholangiopathy, um, obstruction, or deficiency of canalicular membrane transporters and some rare syndrome. So then impaired bile flow can be cholangiopathy, biliary structure, malignancy, or choledocolithiasis. Getting to the end. What are the causes of acute liver failure? So drugs and toxins like paracetamol, halothane, rifampicin, or infections, HEP A, B, and really C. And what are the clinical features of liver failure, ascites, jaundice, low albumin, high ammonia, encephalopathy, coagulopathy, portal hypertension, fetal hepaticus, spider nevi, palmar erythema, hypogonadism, and gynecomastia. And what do you understand about hepatorenal syndrome? So it's renal failure in a patient with severe chronic liver disease with no obvious cause for the renal failure, and the kidney structurally is normal, and things that might contribute to sodium retention, water dysregulation, um, and decreased renal perfusion and GFR. What are the potential causes of pancreatitis? So gallstones, alcohol, iatrogenic viral, scorpion, mumps, high lipoproteinemia, high calcium, vasculitis, shock, trauma, severe infection, um, genetic mutations, atheroembolism, or some sort of mechanical obstruction like a tumour. And what's the pathogenesis? So you have autodigestion of the pancreatic um, substances by inappropriately activated Pancreatic enzymes, we have trypsinogen, which causes interstitial inflammation, edema, proteolysis, fat, necrosis, and hemorrhage. Trypsinogen causes interstitial inflammation, edema, proteolysis, fat, necrosis, and hemorrhage. And usually it affects the exocrine first, and then the endocrine. And the complications include um, hemolysis, DIC, fluid sequestration, ARDS. Fat necrosis, um, peripheral vascular collapse, shock, acute renal tubular necrosis. So hemolysis, DIC, fluid sequestration, adds uh, diffuse fat necrosis, peripheral vascular collapse, shock. 18. Um, and so, just what's this pathogenesis of acute pancreatitis? Um, so inappropriate activation of enzymes causing pancreas breakdown. And you can have pancreatic duct obstruction, primary SNS cell injury, or defective intracellular transport of proenzymes within acinar cells. So, DAT, duct obstruction, SNS cell injury, or defective transport of intracellular enzymes within the SNS cells. <sighs> And what's the lab finding? So within the first 24 hours, you get a spike in amylase, and then lipase will rise over two to three to four days. You can get sugar in your urine sometimes and low calcium, but that's poor prognostic factor, raised white cells and acute renal failure. Describe the cellular morphology of acute pancreatitis, range from trivial inflammation and edema to extensive necrosis and hemorrhage, microvascular leakage with edema, lipolysis, proteolysis, necrosis, destruction of blood vessels, fatty acids, combining with calcium precipitates as salts, acini, ducts and islets can all be involved, so broad um, Red-black hemorrhage with yellow-white fat necrosis. And you can have extra pancreatic fat necrosis like in the mentum and peritoneal fluid. And what are the features of chronic pancreatitis? You can have calcification. Um, you can have pseudocyst formation. You get parenchymal fibrosis, reduced number and size of acini. Um, but usually the islets of Langerhans are spared and variable dilation or blockage of the pancreatic ducts. Usually the exocrine parenchyma is destroyed first and then the endocrine. So parenchymal fibrosis, reduced number and size of I, with relative sparing of the islets of Langerhans, variable dilation and or blockage of the pancreatic ducts, destruction of exocrine parenchyma and later endocrine parenchyma. Um, what are the clinical consequences? Impaired PANC function, so diabetes, Um malzorption. Chronic attack might not be life threatening acutely but the overall prognosis is poor. Um, it might be silent, you can get pseudocysts, might have normal amylase lipase. What are the causes of portal hypertension? So increased resistance to portal flow so it can be pre-hepatic due to like a portal vein thrombosis or narrowing can be hepatic due to cirrhosis massive fatty liver disease or granulomatous diseases like tb or it can be post-hepatic if you have severe right heart failure um, constrictive pericarditis um, or hepatic vein occlusion um, what are the clinical comp- consequences? So ascites, which can get infected, portosystemic shunts like varices, hemorrhoids, and spider neva, which can bleed, congestive spleen, amygdala, with resultant low platelets and hepatic encephalopathy. Uh, Death. Um, What are the mechanisms involved for the formation of ascites? So it's due to sinusoidal hypertension, you have Starling's forces increasing pressure, pushing outwards, decreased oncotic pressure, holding fluid in the vessels, yet increased formation of hepatic lymph width which overwhelms the thoracic duct capacity and leaks into the peritoneal space. Um, You get splanchnic vasodilation um, and renal retention of sodium and water due to secondarily hypoalbuminemia. What are the major clinical consequences of portal hypertension due to cirrhosis? So ascites, portosystemic shunts, splenomegaly, hepatic encephalopathy. Um, so different types of portal hypertension. prehepatic due to portal veins, thrombosis. Hepatic due to cirrhosis, granulomatous disease, massive fatty chains. Schisto. Um, post-hepatic due to right heart failure, constrictive pericarditis or hepatic vein occlusion. And what causes the ascites. So Starling's forces, increased pressure, decreased albumin, increased formation of hepatic lymph, overwhelming the thoracic duct, increased interstitial fluid leak, Um, sodium water retention due to hypoalbuminemia.